return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Amen. We give God all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. Um, Shall we close our eyes and pray? So, our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your grace. Can you just spend some few minutes and begin to speak in the language of the Holy Ghost? Just 30 minutes, just speak in tongues. Oh, Spirit of the living God, we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. Father, we see there is none like you and none can be compared unto you. You are the I am that I am, the ancient of days. God, as old as you are, Lord, you are still the same. We give you glory. We give you honor. We bless your name. In the precious mighty name of Jesus, we've prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. We give God all the praise. Um, before I begin, I want to thank the entire leadership of this church, Pastor Dave Mamagini, uh, Pastor Randin, and all those who are in charge of this church. I want to thank them very much, and you as well, for this great opportunity given me to share the gospel. I also, I also want to use this chance to also appreciate my wife is always there for me and with me in everything. Amen. Okay, so today, God has laid something on my heart to share with you this morning. And the topic is the simplicity in the gospel. The simplicity in the gospel. In fact, uh, when God laid this, this on my heart, I was like, God, what am I supposed to say? How simple is the gospel that it should be shared? I mean, what do you mean by simplicity in the gospel? What do you mean by simplicity in the gospel? But then what God was telling me was that this is a timely message. It's a, it's a message needed for this dispensation. Because our, under, our understanding and our perception of the gospel is crystallized in its simplicity as it's presented unto us. One key thing I want us to understand is that the gospel or the message of Christ was never written to confuse anybody. You know, um, it doesn't matter how... It may be worded or anything. It has been designed in a way that as you pick the word of God, it's supposed to speak to you, it's supposed to communicate to you. God has made the gospel simple to everybody. So I can address everybody anytime, everywhere, and wherever you've gotten to in your Christian journey with God. Let's open our Bibles to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 coming down. Would to God ye could bear with me a little in my folly. I will start from the verse 3. But I fear, least by any means, as the serpent beguiled 
Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preached another Jesus, whom ye have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit which ye have not received, or another gospel which ye have not accepted, ye might bear with him. So, this was a message, this was a letter that Paul had written to the church of Corinth. And he was addressing a very serious issue here. Because it was around the period, it was around the time where there were a lot of gospels, a lot of teachings that were going on. Things that were cooked up, that seemed like the gospel but were not really the gospel. But what amazed Paul was the fact that as these people stand before them and preach that kind of message, the people easily put up with such kind of messages. If you say put up, it means that they easily accept, they easily go with it, they easily, I mean, take it. They don't take their time to look at it in the light of the word of God to see if there is a correlation with it. But then they just take it because it sounds good good in their ears because it looks so appealing and the and Paul presents it as being likened to the deception that went on in the garden of Aden the book of in the book of Genesis chapter 3 the bible talks about an encounter that happened between the serpent and Eve the bible says that now the serpent was more cunning cunning underlined cunning than any beast of the field which the lord god had made and he said to the woman has God indeed said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the tree of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, ye shall not eat, nor shall touch it, lest ye die. Then the serpent said to the woman, ye will not surely die. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eye and the tree desirable to make one wise. She took its fruit and ate. She took its fruit and ate. God had already spoken to Adam. And told Adam that you can take of every fruit in the garden. But then the, the fruit that is located, the fruit that is located in the middle, which is the fruit of knowledge of knowledge with the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not touch. By the way, when you read Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, you get to realize that in the middle there were two trees: the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But God never said he should not touch the tree of life. But God said he should not touch the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But then this man, also I, I believe and I know that he also made Eve know that God says that we should not touch it. Then the devil came and presented a half truth to him, to her, saying that, did God say that you should not eat of the fruit? So when the devil came, he started with the truth. You know, that's what the devil does. When the devil comes, he doesn't come in a way that looks so obvious. That's why the devil is so cunning. 
That's why the devil is so shrewd. He presents things as though they are the right things, but beneath it, he has hidden something that is poisonous and meant to kill a person. And that was what the people in the church of Corinth were doing. The so-called big shot, uh, big shot apostles, that's what they were doing. They were presenting the gospel as if it is the gospel or the message of Christ, but it was something else. But what they did was that they came, presented something that looked like the gospel, Confuse the people to make them follow them and at the end they give them poison for them to eat so that they die and Paul was very much concerned and it wasn't only in the, in the, in the church of I mean, Corinth when you go to Galatians when you go to the Galatian church in the book of Galatians chapter 1 verse 1 coming down to see the Bible says that I marvel that you are turned away from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert, distort, change the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what you have, what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. So, in the church of, in the Galatian church, they were also making the same error, or the same thing was happening as in the, as in the Corinthian church. People had started distorting the gospel. They perverted the message of the gospel. They start with what seems true. They start with what seems like, right. And that is what the devil does. The Bible says that for the devil can appear as an angel of light, but then he is not the angel of light. He is like, so he comes like a sheep, but beneath it is a wolf beneath the sheep clothing. And he comes, he stares at you, confuses you, and then he pounces at you, destroy you, and kill you. The simplicity in the gospel. The simplicity in the gospel. In the book of Jude chapter 1, verse 3 to 4, Jude wanted to write a message, or he wanted to preach to his people, and he wanted to preach about salvation. But the Bible says that, beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Therefore, for certain men, for certain men have creeped. In unnoticed, other version says, for certain men have wormed their ways into us. Who long ago were marked out for this condemnation? Ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and denied the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So this wasn't even only in the Colossian church or even in the Galatian church. But it was the concern all around. You know, and it is not very different from our dispensation. Because we are in a dispensation where we have a lot of doctrines, a lot of theologies, a lot of things seeming to look like the gospel of God. But my question to you is that do you easily put up with every message you hear? Every message we see on television, everything we hear on the radio station, whatever we see on the internet, immediately you see someone with a clerical, immediately you see someone with the name bishop, immediately you see someone with the name apostle, immediately you see that someone is a big shot. Do you easily go or take whatever the person says? Or do you allow the Spirit of God 
to communicate to you the gospel of Jesus. The simple gospel. The gospel meant to save us. The gospel meant to redeem us. The gospel that we heard, that on which we took our stands. You know, the devil knows what we are capable of doing if we know the gospel and we walk in the knowledge that is in the gospel. So what the devil will do is that he will try as much as possible to present something that will make us confused. What is the gospel at all? I know that I've been talking about the gospel, the gospel. What is the gospel? In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 to 4, I want to say, read something there. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you which also you received and in which you stand. So one key thing you must understand is that the gospel that was preached to us, it is on which that we stand, that which we received and that which we stand on. So that is our firm foundation. That is what gives us meaning. That is what gives us identity. That's what gives us, that is what makes us who we are. You stand. By which you are saved. If you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. The verse 3. For I delivered to you first of all that which I received. So this is the gospel that he received and he passed on. That Christ died for our sins. According to the scripture. And that he was buried. And that he rose again on the third day, according to the scripture. And when you go on, the Bible says that, and then he was seen by others, confirming the fact that God, Jesus Christ is not just a myth. Jesus Christ is not just anybody who has just passed by and died. But our Jesus is a man who died, he rose, and he's alive. And he lived to make intercession for me and you. Hallelujah. That is Jesus. That is the gospel. The gospel is about Christ. The good news, the gospel, the good story, the good news, the good message. And the whole message is that, the whole message depicts the unfathomable love of God. That words are not even enough to express his love. Because he has lavished his love on us. You know, he has given us his love. His, the whole thing about the gospel is crystallized in this one word, love. That's why the Bible says that when they asked him, so what is the Lord? He said that, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And the other commandment, which is as important as the first one. Take note, as important as the first one. That means that they are all on the same level. And that is, love your neighbor as yourself. Hallelujah. That is the gospel. The message of love. The gospel that Christ died. You know, if Christ had not died, there would have been no redemption for me and you. If Christ had not died, I and you would have been walking around aimlessly and we would have had no reason to live on earth. If Christ had not died, I and you would have had no purpose in life. So then whatever message that comes out, do we see these three elements? Do we see the expression of the love of God in these messages? Do we hear the death of Christ? Do we get to find our identity? Do we get to find our purpose in the messages that are preached to us? Do we see Christ elevated in the messages that we hear? Christ died. Isn't it so beautiful? And that is what some people cannot understand. That a whole powerful man Someone who is very influential, somebody who could just talk and people would fall. Such a man could die on that cross, naked. Naked. 
on the cross. And the Bible says that, and he rose again on the third day. So he didn't just die, but he rose again. And he lives. So with our God, with our Christ, he is not just a person like other people who lived and died, but he lived and he rose again and he was seen by others. Hallelujah. And how does that imply to us? It means that when we come into Christ, we must first be dead to self. If you are not ready to die, you are not ready to be used by God. Because God can never use any vessel that is alive. God is always ready to use every vessel that is dead to self. Because beloved, the Bible says for the heart of man is very deceitful. If the Bible talks about the heart of a man, it is the self of a person. It is the person, it is you, it is not your body. The Bible says that we are spirit with soul living in a body. Hallelujah. Meaning that we are spirit. We, our true self is our spirit man, the heart. And what God does is that when he comes to you, when the measure of Christ is presented to you, the first most important thing that we must understand is that we must be dead to self together with Christ. In the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 3 to 8, or do you not know that as many as were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him. Hallelujah. So my question to you, are you buried together with Christ? Because anybody, everybody who is dead to self now no longer lives. Because anyone who is dead knows that everyone who dies, we know that cannot respond to anything. When you install a person, the person cannot hear. When you slap the person, the person cannot feel it. When you bring the person cookies, the person cannot even see anything. Because the person is totally cut off from anything that is self. Say that into his death. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory to the Father, even so we, would, we should walk in newness of life. And let's go to the book of Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. The Bible talks about when, 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 when uh, Paul was speaking to the church, he said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is the gospel. First, the gospel is a gospel of death. It is a message of death. It's a message that when you hear, it cuts you off from yourself. It castrates you of everything that is you so that God can be full in you. Because if you are full of yourself, that means that you are not usable by the master. Because God is always looking for a vessel. God is always looking for a person who has been totally sold out, who has been totally emptied of himself, so that God can be alive in him. But glory be to God, when Christ died, something happened. The Spirit of God resurrected him. Hallelujah, somebody. So then, let me tell you, if you want to die and rise, it is not by your own strength. As you die, the Spirit of God resurrects you so that you are alive in him. In Romans chapter 12, verse 24, Jesus was speaking, and he said that until a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies. Until a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies. 
it cannot grow to germinate. Let me tell you, when you, when you put something in the ground, especially corn or whatever, you like that when you put it in the ground, you cover it and you cover it from every sunlight. So now the corn is no more seen because it is hidden from sunlight. But as it, so when it rots and dies, then out of its dying, something begins to pop up. And that is life. Hallelujah. So until we are dead to self, we can never be alive in Christ. And that is the gospel. So when Christ died, he was making us know that before we can be glorified together with him in God, before we can be seated in heavenly places with him, we must first be dead to self by dying with him. Hallelujah. And in the book of Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 to 3, the Bible says that if ye are raised with Christ, seek, the, seek those things which are above, which, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Hallelujah. For you died and your life is hidden in Christ in God. So we died our lives are hidden in Christ in God. And glory be to God. Because we are dead and our lives are hidden in Christ in God. We are alive. And this is the gospel. So because of that, we can now express the fullness of God to the world. And you know, the gospel is supposed to present us in a way that wherever people see us, they see God. Wherever people see us, they see Christ. Wherever people see us, they see the manifestation. Because before God can do powerful things, before God can do marvelous things through you, you must first be dead to self. And as you are dead to self, you are resurrected in him. So that now his power can reign in you. And that's what the devil sought to do. You realize that when the people get to understand this basic and this simple gospel, they will begin with... They will, they will die to self and they will be alive in Christ and begin to express the fullness of Christ. So what he did, what he decided or what he always decided to do is to throw certain things into the air. Make you feel like, no, this gospel is too simple. Let me give you difficult, let me give you complicated ones. That will make you feel like and think that it is a revelation. You know, we are in a dispensation when people hear messages that confuses them. They say that it is a revelation. But beloved, let me tell you, revelation means enlightenment. It means that God has revealed something to you. Whenever God reveals himself to you, it means that you begin to see him deeper and you see him more. You don't become confused. Revelation doesn't mean that someone has put together some words that are kind of complicated. So it puts you off and because you can't understand, you know, this is deep. This is deep. This is revelation. Wow. No. No, you know, Paul was saying that in the, in the, in, in the message Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 6, he, he was saying something, and he was saying that, it is true that I do not have your voice. Haven't mastered that suit eloquence that impresses you so much, but when I do open my mouth, I at least know what I am talking about. Hallelujah. Paul was not so eloquent. Paul was somebody who could not really express himself. He looked quite timid. And the people, and the, and the people in the church of Korea were almost trying to 
intimidate him because of his personality. But beloved, let me tell you something. When Christ chooses a person, he builds you up and prepares you just as you are for his own glory. He doesn't look at your limitation. He doesn't look at what you're not capable of doing. What is concerned is a vessel yielded to him for the master's work. And that was who Paul was. Though Paul was good, Paul knew so much. But when he appeared before them, he looked timid. But then the people thought that because Paul was timid, because Paul could not express himself, he's not as powerful as those who could put together some jargons, who could use a, a lot of words, combine so many words, have so, their, their words are so eloquent. When you hear them, you're like, ha ha, wow. The guys, the person's English is so sweet. The person's voice is very, is very deep. It intimidates the spirit. You know, it's not about how you can just, man, I mean, coin your voice and all those kind of stuff. It's about how you express Christ. It's about how you make the message so simple that anybody, wherever the person is at, whether the person is immature, whether the person is growing, whether the person has attained maturity, the person can hear it and can still benefit from the message of the gospel. That's what the devil was doing. That's what the people allowed themselves to do. That they followed all these people. And they followed the things that they were doing. And because of that, you know, when you follow looks and impressions, you lose sight of the true message that the person is presenting to you. So what the devil does is that he presents people who look like they are saying the gospel, they are telling the gospel, but they are telling something different from what God has destined for us to hear. And whenever you become a victim of that, one thing that happens is that you become very dry. It becomes useless in the, we become useless in the kingdom of God. You know, when you go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, Paul said that, Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? You guys started in the spirit. But you are ended in the flesh. Why? Because now it got to a point they thought that Christianity is about what I can do. Christianity is about this, about putting together things, dogmas, doctrines here and there, laws, constitutions here and there. So now they shifted away from the simple gospel that Christ had presented to them. And they started following their own ways. And as a result, they became unspiritual. So the first that happens when you tilt away from the simple gospel that has been presented to us, when you tilt away from it, is that one, you become powerless. Because without the spirit, you become powerless. Because the Bible says, when the spirit of God appears to you, he shall give you power. So our power is crystallized in the power of, that comes through the Holy Ghost. And whenever a person becomes unspiritual, you become powerless. But what we need to advance the kingdom of God are people who are, one, knowledgeable in the word of God, two, who are filled with the wisdom of God, and the most important thing, people who are filled with the spirit of God. They can execute and demonstrate the power of God. And that's what we need. And the last one I want to talk about, because I have so much to say today, is that anybody who tilt away from the simple gospel becomes immature. You know, because, let me tell you, <laughs> assuming that you want to do calculus, you need to know basic addition and subtraction, right? If you can't put one plus one together, how can you talk about x, y, I mean dy, dx, and those kind of stuff? Those are complicated things. But now, what is happening in this dispensation is that we have a church who don't like simple gospel. They want the they want to chill the bones. Meanwhile, even the milk, they are not done drinking. Hallelujah. God wants us to go back, take our time, 
find ourselves in the gospel, soak ourselves in him. His his word has not been presented to confuse anybody. He loves us so much that he wants us to walk in power. He wants us to walk in dominion. He wants us to walk in liberty. He wants us to walk in the freedom he has said. You know, now it's like a lot of gospels that are coming are gospels that are making people slaves. Instead of making people free in Christ. But today Christ has to tell you that his message are not meant to confuse you. That his message is so simple. His message is so basic that whenever you pick it and you allow the Holy Ghost to move through you, he will speak to you because God is close to you. God is with you. God is in you. He is you. He said, abide in me as I abide in you. You know, we are intertwined. Our lives are intertwined together with God. We and God, we are inseparable. So the most important thing is to be yielded unto him. So that master, speak to me. I am ready to hear you as you speak. And as you are dead to self, I said, Father, I don't want anything of me again. I don't want to live again. Father, I want to proclaim like Paul and say that from now onwards, I am dead to self. Now, it's no longer I that liveth, but it is Christ that liveth in me. I am alive in him. So, oh God, have your way in me. May I live a life totally yielded unto you so that I can live a life of power and authority. In Jesus' name. Shall we close our eyes? Father, we thank you this morning. We bless your name for your word that has come. God, you've made us understand that, Lord, your word has been presented in its simplicity. That, Lord, you died, you rose again, and you lived to make intercession. Father, Lord, because of this, we have hope. Father, because of this, we have joy. Father, because of this, we have peace. Father, because of this, we can live a righteous living. Because of this, we can live a holy life. Because of this, Lord, we can live a life that fully expresses you. Because, Lord, you have given your son, Jesus, to us. And he's with us. And in us. Father, I pray, committing every soul here, every person here, every spirit here. God, I pray, committing everyone here, that God, may you teach us your word. That if anybody comes to us with any gospel... Aside the gospel from you, oh God, may we know, may you grant unto us the spirit of discernment so that we can easily dissect and know the spirits and know the right words and know the right messages so that we don't follow anything that can lead to death. But then we can follow that path that leads to life in you. We give you praise. We commit the rest of today into your hand. Have your way. May today be powerful, God. Just I mean, saturate this atmosphere with your Holy Spirit from the time, from the worship time through to the sermon. God, just have your way. In your name have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605 692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.